Morning Buds. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Running Buds podcast. I'm Steve McNamee, way over on the east side of the country, Toledo, Ohio, and my co-host is... Charlie Lambricks. You're not that far east. I mean, you're eastern time zone, but there's a whole I'm lot of states. There's a whole lot of states between you and the Atlantic, you know. Yeah, there is. I'm always shocked we're only two hours apart, and I'm in Ohio and you're in Utah. It seems like we sh- we're like we should be seven hours apart, but yeah, it's a it's a four hour flight, so you would think it's more. Yeah. So how are so, you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. We. Uh, I'm hoping this episode has a few less glitches technically on our side. Uh, you mean by that less goats? Less goats, yeah, a lot of use to goat. Uh, that was our shortest episode, uh, the one that had special guest Janelle Zick, and um, we probably had a whole 20, 25 more minutes of us talking, bringing dynamite uh, audio that unfortunately didn't make its way. Was there anything yeah. that you really wished made it into the episode that did not, Steve? Well, you know, the only thing, the, the couple of things to to clean up, I would say, that uh, when I listened back to the episode um, that got missed is, um, so I, I among things I was down on was the downhill marathons. And uh, I, I did make a point that I was particularly proud of that a golf ball could qualify for the Boston Marathon at a... Um, yes, I thought you that did. It was... <laughs> It was a hilarious line that did not make it. A golf ball could BQ on that course. So, yeah, so the delivery was gone. But uh, the only other thing is being down. Uh, I mean, we were we were talking about Boston qualifying because that was the day the the uh, draconian cutoff came out, and a lot of people were disappointed. And you know, the conclusion we came to was I didn't get to say this at all just because of glitches but you know the downhill marathons the numbers weren't that large of people they were sending to boston i was a little surprised when i looked at the numbers it was not i mean it was a large number but it wasn't significant as in everybody that signed up didn't get into boston it was still uh um a small amount relative to the thirty thousand that run boston so like over a thousand uh it was probably you know what it i would estimate just unscientifically probably like around the 1500 that they expanded the field that made that oh, list of, yeah that made that list of top qualifiers um so i mean it's it, it made a difference but i think the conclusion is when it comes to the boston cutoff there's a lot of different um factors and why it is it is heading in the direction it is shoes are one of them totally valid point that shoes have changed things um, specific runs that are Boston qualifiers have really played into it. Just more people, better training, um, more understanding of how to run a marathon. There's yeah. tons of different factors, but what are your thoughts? Well, um, one of the most disappointed people was my sister-in-law, Marcy, who missed uh, qualifying for Boston. I thought she missed it by three seconds, but she texted me that she actually missed it by five seconds. <laughs> but uh, she ran Chicago today. And oh. qualified by over 10 minutes. So very proud of her. And uh, she is, she said, she sent me a really funny text. Actually, it said, if I don't get in 
2021 i'm done (laughs) 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 so uh yeah big uh shout out to marcy lambrix my sister-in-law who uh wow yeah cool and that so, is that's 2021, isn't it? That it, gosh, it, that seems so far away. It does, it does, but of course, it'll be here before we know it. Well, um, one other thing that was lost in the episode, we talked a lot about the shoes. Um, yeah. The Vaporfly Next Percent uh, Nike shoes that um, at first I was really like, these aren't making a difference. This is way more sizzle than steak. Um, it's all marketing. They're selling these hundred dollars, hundreds of dollars uh, cost shoes, and it's it's baloney. But um, that is uh, my mind has been changed uh, since talking to Janelle on our last episode, and just the um, the scientific videos and articles I've seen about how these shoes work. In addition to just the proof, which we're going to talk about later, of course, uh, uh, Bridget Cost Guy. Uh, breaking the women's world, uh, breaking the w- world record for women marathon yeah. uh, today at Chicago, and then um, crushing it, crushing. Of course, it. Of course Iliad uh, Kipchoge uh, breaking two hours in a marathon. Uh, yeah. both of these people in those shoes. So well, I, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, kind of on these shoes that they they help. Yeah, uh, but one thing that was lost, I think, in the last episode. Well, one thing that was not lost was Janelle is not for these shoes whatsoever. She doesn't like them. She's against them. And one thing that was lost that she said in the episode was that somebody told her she would never break three hours in a marathon where unless she she got those shoes. Yeah, and uh, she's crushed three hours. She's run at two fifty five. She's broken three hours a few times. Of course, not in those shoes. So, yeah, uh, that was something really fascinating that she said that got lost in that last episode. Yeah, it was, and that's more just personal doubt. I mean, that's not, yeah. You know, I mean that that's that's just a pretty lame thing to say to anybody. To oh, be absolutely. It's just um, rude. I don't know if it was a Nike rep. We didn't really push her on who said this or what their motivations were. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, if I were her, I I would I would be, I would have a chip on my shoulder about those shoes and not want to wear them either. But yeah. Anyway, uh, enough with the last episode. Let's talk about this episode. Um, where do we want to go, Steve? We want to start with some listener feedback, or do we want to talk about the um, the big events of this past weekend or yeah. this current week? Well, say. you know, real quick, we've had so many episodes and. You know, we don't commonly answer our, uh, I guess, I don't know. We'll go back to the old David Letterman show, the viewer mail. But uh, we get it nowadays in a number of different ways online, verbally. But uh, yeah, I've had a, I've had a couple ones, uh, pieces of information come my way regarding the show. Uh, one of them was our group run episode. And uh, I neglected, we talked about groups I neglected to mention locally because you uh, you gave a pretty nice shout out to a lot of the groups you run with or have run with over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a group of guys here have kind of become a, a non-running group. And it was pointed out to me that I completely dissed them. But when I say non-running, that we're, it's a lot of guys that don't, that kind of just, we go our own way, but we somehow always end up together. Um, for example, like if we're doing a marathon, we're all running a marathon in the very near future. 
and we're all mm-hmm. doing different plans, but we always seem to end up kind of on the same schedule. But uh, so because of that fact that we're a very <clears throat> a loose knit group, uh, we've affectionately referred to ourselves as the free agents club. So I feel that I oh, have as to soon do- as you have a name, as soon as you have a name, it's it's a formal running group. Yeah, that's true. So I have to give the free agents club a shout out or else. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hear it every time uh every time an episode occurs without a shout out to the free agents club so so tim there you go you got your shout out for the free agents club (laughs) charlie what do you have well i think the truth of the matter is if you really cared about them you would have brought them up the first time (laughs) one of the rules is though we don't really care about each other and one of the one of the the rules there's a few rules it's kind of like fight club um, but the, one of the few rules is like, we don't wait on each other. If somebody gets dropped on a run, then we just leave them behind and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a touchy feely group of guys, uh, but we, we have a special place in our hearts for each other. So, so yeah, that's, and no, um, that's it. <laughs> no girls in this group. Okay. Um, not a, not a present. No, no. I make that joke because uh, the group that Steve and I met through, um, mm-hmm. it's just a running joke. Well, no pun intended, but a running joke is we never can get have any girls run with us ever. No. Uh, some have showed up for as long as a couple months, maybe, but mm-hmm. but they always leave and they don't return. <laughs> So every time I'm back home and I run with the guys, I'm like, still no girls, huh? Still no girls, my guys. Without explanation. I, we had, none of us can figure out why, but yeah. It's... <laughs> in fact, uh, two weeks ago, I was running with a group. I run with um, Runner's Corner here in Utah. They're based out of Provo, Utah, which is a good 45 minutes away from me. Yeah. And um, so I don't run with them as often as I used to. Um, but I, I ran with them two weeks ago. And I was just like surrounded by women on this group run. And I told them about my old group and how I almost wish I could take a picture of these like six ponytails swinging in front of me. <laughs> and how different it is here in Utah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, I got some, uh, some listener feedback. Uh, it's actually about you, though. Um, it was just a text message. But hey, we're taking anything we can get. Sure. Oh, this is probably a good time to bring up ways to get a hold of us. Uh, the best way is uh, following us on Twitter and tweeting at us. We're at Buds Running on Twitter. And we also have an email, which is a great way to get a hold of us. BudsRunning at gmail.com. Both of these are BudsRunning at gmail.com and then at BudsRunning on Twitter. Well, this was a text message from... Uh, uh, my wife's cousin, who did a quick guest appearance, uh, helping us out with the TJ Maxx bit uh, a couple episodes a, uh, ago. But anyway, she reached out and asked, uh, she said she's curious about your diet. Um, we talked about how you made some significant changes to your diet and you've lost, uh, you've really slimmed down. And I was crediting that with your recent PR success, in addition to the shoes, of course. Of course. Uh, so she was curious of, what what these changes are, what you've done um, to slim down and, and what these big changes are in your diet have been. Yeah, quickly in my case, it was really just cutting out sugar. I, I've just, I mean, I've been a sugar probably addict for, I mean, since I was young and could get away with it. And then as I aged, um, you know, I kept the bad diet, but, uh, um, you know, 
as you get older, it, it just doesn't work. So I finally cut out. And when I say sugar, I mean, I think in an everyday diet, you can't completely get away from it. But I don't go out of my way to eat sugar any longer. I don't drink pop. Um, I don't eat candy bars. Um, there's donuts in my house, which I don't touch. I mean, just things like that. Um, and, you know, I just set up common sense rules for myself. I don't snack. I eat three meals a day. And uh, I, I find it harder in general to come up with specific foods I will and won't eat. I'd rather just set up rules for myself. Like one rule is I don't eat sugar. Another rule is I eat three meals a day. Um, I don't eat a certain amount of time, I think two hours before bed. Just little things. I mean, it's nothing drastic, but I'm, I'm sure if we all self-examined our our dietary habits, we could all come up with ways that we could improve. And and that's all it comes down to. So nothing revolutionary. Well, see, yeah. Each of those things individually isn't a huge, huge change, but all of them combined is is drastic. Um, I mean, cutting out sugar, yeah, that's in and of itself. I think it's pretty big in and of itself, but um, the three meals a day, no snacking, that by itself isn't a huge thing. But you add that to no sugar and no eating two hours before bed, it is it is a pretty big shift in the way you were eating. How long yeah, have you been doing this now? Oh, gosh. It's, oh, you know what? I did this, uh, I did this in the run-up to Boston – uh, 2018, um, just because I wanted to make a change. And uh, I'd say even by the time the race arrived, I had already made the change, but it, I don't think it was fully, I mean, I only started losing weight probably, you know, like probably I'd say eight weeks before the race is when I kind of just suddenly went cold Turkey on, on sugar. So yeah. over time it sort of just evolved, but you know, I mean, I realize I do eat better as you, as you eliminate things that you, that you love from your diet, you can replace it with other things. And in my case, I eat a lot of salads now, vegetables. I didn't used to hate vegetables. And now there's a lot of vegetables. I just, I mean, I won't say I love, but I can have a nice healthy meal and, and walk yeah. away satisfied. Now I will say, as we know from another episode that uh, a beer has a hell of a lot of sugar and that's my indulgence. Um, so, Hey, please shoot me, but it's not <laughs> sweet sugar. It's natural sugar in my book. It's that white, you know, that, that like nasty sugar. You know what I'm talking about, Charlie. The, uh, the processed stuff. Yeah. The, the yeah, added yeah sugar. exactly. So, um, yeah. So that's basically it. Um, like I said, it's we common will, sense changes. We could talk about food a lot, and we will eventually do a food episode, um, and we can we can delve into this quicker, but. She was just curious, so I think you've addressed that pretty well. Yeah. Um, I had another um, listener feedback, and this came from two different people, two different running buds, and this was in person. Uh, one was male and one was female, and they both asked us if we were going to do a sex episode. <laughs> I, just, I told them no. <laughs> no, uh no, I, I've mentioned before my mom listens to this episode as well as my wife's family. So this is yeah. a family show. Um, we're not going to do a sex episode. But one of the people, uh, the guy that I was running with, uh, said that he will abstain from sex for a week before a big race. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I thought that was interesting. So 
Uh, I would love to hear from people though, if, if they do something similar, uh, this is something I've never had as part of my repertoire, but yeah. uh, do you, no. do you, you feel know, like rock. commenting on this at all, yeah. Steve? You know, rock that women weaken the legs, rock. Quoting <laughs> 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 the, the great Rocky. Oh, Mick. Yeah. The Mick. That's Mick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't I guess any advice Mick gives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I never I all right fine no we're no not we don't, I, I'm with no. you. we didn't talk about this but I'm with you on that I don't want to do a sex episode I there's no we're not no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh if, if you're here for all the sexy talk I'm sorry you're gonna have to go to a different podcast <laughs> no the, what, what, what I'm afraid of the most is that there's plenty we could say that's and I just I don't know. Once once we get going, yeah. I just need that. So, I, <laughs> you know, we'll really have jumped the shark when we finally do the sex episode, but um, yeah, that's, that's not happening anytime soon. That'll be the shock knock episode that we we consider doing once. Okay, I think that covers. Uh, did you have any other listener feedback? You know, I probably did. I just don't remember. It's 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 best if you Twitter or email. Like, if you're gonna say something to me in person um chances are i'm not going to remember it just to be honest so yeah, yeah you uh, oh, there is yeah. there is one other thing that you <laughs> told me our mutual running friend said and that was from the last episode he really did think you got fired from the podcast oh yeah yeah that's right that's right i, I forgot if you that. missed it the last episode uh steve wasn't with us we actually had a, a quick time uh crunch that we had to record and be done with it because we had this guest and then i actually had a house party at my place a, a housewarming party so we had a a time crunch so uh steve was a little delayed so janelle and i started the episode without him yeah and i uh explicitly said that steve was no longer on the podcast for some tweets that he had in 2004 a full two years before twitter even exists by the way yeah um and uh it only lasted a couple minutes before steve joined and the jig was up, but uh, one of our mutual friends, Alan, you know, you're saying, yeah, he yep. actually believed that you were dismissed. <laughs> uh, and I, I love that I get fired and you don't miss a beat. We're just just grab a new host and we continue on. Uh, I'm in this for me, uh, Steve. <laughs> you know, I got I got mouths to feed here, so the podcast must go on. The pod must continue. In fairness, I was late because I was literally off curing cancer. So. Oh, well, yeah. Excusable. Run. I was doing a race for the cure. And yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just joking there, but <laughs> was you really were around. helping with the cause. Okay. okay, let's talk about then um, the big events this weekend. Oh, huge. Uh, I alluded huge. to them earlier. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the sub two first. Um, Actually, we don't really have much more to say about uh, Bridget um, Costguys. She broke the world record in the the women's marathon by over a minute, uh, yeah. something that was held by Paul Radcliffe for what I want to say a decade now, uh, it was, and was never expected to be beat. Uh, she did do that in the the infamous shoes we keep talking about, but absolutely crushed it. Um, in addition to that huge event in distance running one of the 
biggest events I think to ever happen in distance running also happened. And that was Iliad Kipchoge, um, who I would say has been pretty much the Michael Jordan uh, is to basketball. Tiger Woods is to golf. Wayne Gretzky is to um, hockey. William, uh, William, Iliad Kipchoge has been that to distance running uh, well before this project took place. And the project I'm talking about, of course, is uh, Nike's sub two project to get somebody to actually run 26.2 miles in less than two hours, which Mm -hmm. he successfully did this weekend. Did you watch the airing of this, uh, Steve? I definitely did not live and I've been YouTubing it and I'm almost to the end. So don't tell me how it ends. Mm, no. Um, no, I'm almost to the end. Um, but it is fascinating to watch. Um, the shoes actually are prototypes. They're called alpha flies and they're, they're the next, I guess the next generation of the vapor flies. They look a lot like I, I saw this online, so I can't ignore this fact, but I had the same thought, but they look like to any Seinfeld fans. They look like the Jimmy shoes from the episode uh, where Jimmy has special shoes that uh, uh, it's Jimmy that refers to himself in third person. And he's got these crazy shoes that help him become more athletic and strengthen his calves. But that's what they look like to me. Um, they're- I feel like I remember the character, but I don't remember that episode. I got to brush up on my Seinfeld. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll tweet something out. So if you he dated uh, Elaine, right? Is this one of Elaine's flings? <laughs> well, yeah, we're gonna have to go into a Seinfeld episode here, but he refers to himself in the third person. So when he, when Jimmy says to Elaine that Jimmy's gonna ask Elaine out, Elaine believes somebody else is Jimmy. She doesn't realize she's that's right. Jimmy, so. That's yeah. right. Yep. So yeah, that's the. Uh, I will tweet out a picture of the shoes so you can see what those shoes look like. I would do it. To, hopefully, I'll try to do a side by side where you can see both shoes. Um, and you can uh, tell me screen. if I'm wrong, but they do look like the Jimmy shoes. Um, so uh, they have a ton of innovation beyond what the vapor flies have or the next percents have. Um, they're, I can't imagine on the market what these things would cost. I know we keep coming back to shoes, but the thing is that that blows my mind Um these have been legal and, and they are legal to, to wear in, in races and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, the governing body that is, hasn't already had a stated rule. Anything helping you propel forward would be disallowed. Like there's some kind of language. Cause that's what this carbon plate um, technology is, is really doing that spring in your step. The fact that that hasn't ever been implemented I just feel like Nike might be able to go farther and farther with this uh, tinkering that you're, you know, I mean, we're not going to be Wiley Coyote with rocket launches on our, um, you know, uh, roller skates, but, right. But the shoes, I mean, it it might just become more and more of a technological sport than we've known it to be in the past. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, a couple of quick things. Number one, um, I mean, there's 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 got to be a theoretical line to what how far this can go. But at the same time, if you think about any sport outside of running, you know, I mean, they've they've all innovated. Um, you know, I mean, like I used to like like a cycling is my background. 
my first bicycle was made out of steel and my second bicycle was made out of carbon fiber which is far exactly. less far stiffer and so the records that were set back in the day when all bikes were steel they're completely obsolete because the bikes now are, are single piece frames that i mean the technology to build them didn't exist you know 30 years ago Look at a baseball today versus a baseball back then. Now they have a rubber ball in the center instead of just a cork. Uh, Look at even when you watch the Olympics, the swimming suits have changed of the swimmers. There is always anything, any equipment that is used in a sport. uh, And it's hard to think of shoes as equipment, but, but they really are for this, this sport. Um, the equipment has had technology to make the sport easier or the, those that do it better at it throughout history, any right. sport. So this is yeah. no different. Very true. All right. Let's, let's, let's just agree to stop talking about shoes <laughs> for the rest of this episode, just because I feel like we've harped on it so much this episode and last, and I, I really want to talk about Iliad Kipchoge himself. Um, yeah. Like I said, this guy, this guy already had the world record uh, for the marathon, um, 201.38. Uh, and, and this, this run he did this past weekend uh, didn't count as a world record because it wasn't an open race. He had a, a, a huge team, 40-some guys rotating in and out as his pacers, creating sort of this uh, little cocoon for him to basically run in mm-hmm. uh, throughout the race. Uh, he was handed his uh, nutrition and and fluids, which isn't allowed for a world world record. And that it was never intended to be that. It was always intended to be just let's see if we can get a person to run twenty six point two miles, not downhill, by the way. That's one thing that they didn't mess with, <laughs> but uh, run twenty six point two miles in less than two hours, which which he attempted two years ago in 2017. He missed uh-huh. it by 25 seconds. And this time he, he ran 159, 40.2. Yeah. So he crushed it. He, he beat it by the way those guys run over the length of a football field is what he had um, just in terms of time to distance, what he, he got it by, which is, is huge. Um, I did watch it live. It was a little easier for me. It came on at 12.15 so yeah. a.m. So I took a little nap, and then there was a little watch party with some friends here in uh, Utah. Utah Running Club, my friend Tyler, leads the Salt Lake City chapter of that, so he hosted a viewing party. So nice. went over there, had a couple of Utah beers, and uh, watched history. Um and it was really an amazing thing to see. Um, that being said, yeah, as you're watching this coverage, uh, wasn't the production awful? <laughs> like, like I feel like the Running Buds uh, podcast uh, production team, which is the two of us, yeah, we could have put on a much better show than than what they threw together. Like, what did you have any thoughts on? On um, the, the commentators and the production overall. Yeah, I, actually, you know what? I, I thought of that because the, the Nike attempt uh, a couple years ago, I thought that was great. It was fun. Kevin Hart was involved. Um, I mean, it was just a, it was an interesting thing. The only thing is that the 
atmosphere was more morose because there was no, there was, there was no spectators. It was dark. I mean, it, that was the only thing that was the negative of the Nike attempt, the Ineos attempt. Um, so the production of the event itself was cool, but yeah, the, this, uh, the commentators, the, tel- the oh, television man. event, like, this is the coolest thing ever like yeah but still at the same time he's he's just running the entire time right you need you need split screens throughout this thing come on help us out i never i do not know what the shape of the course was i mean i kind of figured watching it that it was like basically a big oval because it was basically out and back with really rounded turnarounds yeah but they never showed that like an overhead of that which would have been clutch um i would have loved to have uh gotten like if they would have built up a little bit how historic this was how the progression of the marathon is really like kept going up and up but it's just sort of hit this this point that it looked like it would if you were to look at the pro uh like a line graph of the marathon improvements it would just keep getting closer and closer to this two hours but it would definitely not ever look like it would make it there before the nike project and then this one uh so if they just kind of gave some context or how there was so many physiologists that have basically said it's not possible for humans to do this i feel like they didn't really elaborate and show how impossible this has always projected to have been yeah i thought that was also i wish they simple things too they didn't have like what his mileage was like showing on the screen like why wouldn't you give that or keep giving us his splits and stuff it was really annoying they kept talking about um each kilometer what his split was which i just found kind of just confusing because um if you haven't seen it to anyone listening they had a car ahead that had these lasers on the ground that had this line of basically the perfect pace to keep to run sub two. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how they got this car. I mean, I'm sure they just didn't trust cruise control. You know what I mean? Um, But how did they get this car to be perfect? And assuming it was because these guys were on the line, his pacers and Kipchoge himself. Why? Uh, why would he ever have any fluctuation if they're staying right on that line? Like none of that was really explained. So they kept calling out his splits like it mattered. Um, So that was kind of confusing. They had a very strange, there was a seven person team of pacers that had like a backwards V in front of him and then two behind. I would have loved to have seen a split screen and actually show how the air is moving around Kipchoge and why they're in the position they are. No explanation of that. It was kind of a a well-choreographed thing to change in and out pacers. I think a split screen of that just showing ideally what they're trying to do would have been very interesting. But really it was just no numbers on the screen except the, the time and just showing him running and... I feel like they really missed an opportunity to to take advantage of this momentous event. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I hate saying this. It breaks my heart to say this, but Shalane Flanagan was not good. Terrible. 
terrible. Um, uh, For those that didn't watch it yet, this was the deepest analysis she had. Um, They're very wide curves because sharp curves can slow you down. Thank you, Jelaine. Thank you. Somebody asked, I I think this was actually the guys who weren't much better than her. One asked the other, what do you think he's thinking right now? And he said, I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) We laughed out loud. It's like, what are they doing? There's so much they could have done, too. Uh, this yeah. is turning into a pitch for the running buds to do the production of the next big running event. Yeah. Like, no, every you, 5K, every, like, moment, a big thing he hits, like, the first mile, he's running 434s or something, I yeah, think was yeah, the average yeah. pace or something. Um, that would – that I, again, I don't look things up, but that might win, uh, like, state champions for the mile – in women's track in high school, you know, like throw that out there. Like this would be, this time would have won state champions in 32 States in, in girls track, uh, get to the 5k off. Like it was probably a 14 something 5k. It probably would have won the cross country 5k in every single state. And suppose there was one or two kids that ran faster. This is all me speculating in my head, by the way, I don't know the actual times or, I'm not really got my finger on the pulse of uh, high school running, but I'd imagine that would beat almost every single state champion. And if there were a few that didn't call those people out, how great would it be to have a high school senior's name announced live on this, that he actually ran the, uh, his state championship 5k faster than Kipchoge did his uh, first 5k of his sub two attempt. Yeah. And do that all the way up, like show, because I know that a sub one hour half marathon, there's not very many people who have done it. So just give some context to just how fast he's running, because it's hard to appreciate how fast he's moving when you're watching it for two hours straight and he's surrounded by world class runners running all the same pace. Yeah, so that was just all these missed opportunities, I felt like. I thought so. And like you said, it, it is just a guy running. At the end of the day, it's just a guy running for two hours. <laughs> it's just a dude <laughs> running. <laughs> just do, I mean, anything. But, you know, I, I appreciate when they have a guy with an English accent doing announcing. I enjoy that. I don't know why. I, I love hearing it called the marathon. Like, that's that's cool to me. But, uh, oh, man, Shalane, every time seven new guys would come in, they have to introduce them. And all, all that was said about anybody was... Uh, this is so and so, and he's from Norway. And then he's yeah, how about they do this? How about they throw up a graphic every time there's a new uh, a new team out there? Show how many Olympic medals are out on the course at that moment. How yeah. interesting would that have been? Like, well, uh, look, like look at the mustache on this guy. I mean, like, there exactly. was some mustaches on, on some of oh, these. Guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> no comment on the Mister T uh, sunglasses with the blue oh. arm sleeves. Come on, what are you doing out there? How does this right. guy run with this chain bouncing? How does he do that? They, they, all these guys have these chains. How do you run like that? But all right, I, I'm I, officially putting this out there. Nike right. 158 project. Yeah. Let the running buds do your production. We've got ideas. This yeah. is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, this is unprepared. <laughs> I mean, this is without notes. I mean, imagine Man. if we prepared. Uh, so, all right. Yeah. Anyway, but like I said, I love Shalane as a runner, but yeah, as a, as a uh, commentator, it just did not work. All right. You have and to kill one. Taylor, uh, Taylor, 
Swift or uh, Shalane Flanagan. Marry one uh, kill. Oh, one. Geez. <laughs> uh, let's move on. This is just a throwback to our episode with Rachel Randall. She uh, <laughs> and by the way, she killed Shalane Flanagan on a running podcast. She went with Taylor Swift over Shalane Flanagan. Oh. So anyway, oh, it was so cool to see, but they really. We would be drinking while we announced. Absolutely. And by the end of the two hours, we would be slurring our words. It would be the most watched ever episode of anything on YouTube. They'd have to have the editing ready uh, to just bleep out because there would be uh, some choice words by the end. Yeah. <sighs> we would do great. great. Though. Yeah. We're perfect for this role. I bet I you we so. could do it for half the price, too. I'm sure those graphics will really cut into our budget because that shit is always more expensive than you think it'd be. I'm already starting to drop swear words. I'm only half yeah. the end of this. Oh, hey, I'm picturing a whiteboard. We, all we need is a whiteboard with some markers. <laughs> all right. I love it, man. Well, one thing I want to say, though, one more thing about the... Um, the I, I you can't call it a race because it, it wasn't it they were themselves calling it a challenge uh, yep. but one thing about it though is um he made the attempt two years ago he came very close he started to falter just at the end and he missed it by 25 seconds um this year before it happened he said it's going to happen i'm going to break two hours in this marathon and he did it and um Watching one thing that was evident was these guys were so businesslike, uh, downright robotic, like no emotion, no talking except the bare minimum to to make directions on, on doing the exchanges. And yeah. Ilya Kipchoge himself, just almost no expression on his face the entire time. When there was, I'm guessing, a half mile, I don't know because uh, that wasn't put on the screen, his face changed he had kind of his chin down and he was looking like kind of through his eyebrows and he had a big toothless smile. And I said to the people, I was like, man, he is making a really creepy face right now. But I, (laughs) I think at that moment he realized he was going to do it. Like you can have all the confidence and feel as prepared as you've ever have been in the world. But until you get to that point that, you know, like I could, close my eyes and and do this and finish it and and hit that goal. Uh, Just that realization that it's going to happen before you even cross the finish line. I thought that was totally apparent on his face and it was my favorite part. Then he, then of course the very end, you haven't seen it yet, Steve, but the pacers get out of the way, the car is out of the way and he's by himself. And like I said, just so businesslike, so robotic, so stoic the entire time. He finally let out a little emotion, starts pointing at the crowd, and of course uh, crushes it, uh, finishes the marathon 20 seconds under two hours, and um, it was just a heck of a sight to behold. Anyway, where I'm getting at with this, though, Steve, is have you ever had that moment where you're in a race and you see the finish line or you, you know where it's at you're close enough and you have some kind of goal, whether it's lofty or, or not really. And you realize you're finally going to do it. You're going to break through and you're going to, you're going to do it. You're going to, you're going to get that goal that you had in mind. Have you ever had a distinct moment like that in a race? Yeah. All I'm going to, I mean, all I can really 
I mean, it doesn't compare, obviously, but uh, um, the what was it? It was 2018 Erie Marathon, and uh, um, it was it was just the moment where normally in a marathon I would be next to dead, just hanging on for dear life, and I was at a full trot going as hard as I possibly could and I just knew nothing was going to happen to me and I knew I was well below what I expected time-wise I knew I was going to qualify for Boston and I was not going to bonk and I mean I was still miles away from the finish just flying by people I felt great Mm. and of all my marathons that's the only time it ever happened and it's just like a feeling that you're always trying to recapture yeah, I am. Anyways, it was it's that feeling I was always chasing, and then once it happened, I've always been trying to recapture on marathons. And uh, I mean, it's the closest that a guy like me is going to come. But what about you? Yeah, mine was um, mine was a while ago, 2014 Glass City Marathon. I had never broken three hours, and at the time, my qualifier was 3:05. And I really wanted to get that five minute cushion to register a week early. And so I was just focused on breaking three, breaking three. Um, my family came out to the race knowing that I was probably going to qualify for Boston, but I was really shooting for sub three. Um, my best friend and roommate at the time came out uh, without me knowing and uh, put up signs throughout the course, which was really cool. And huh. I know he- this is kind of a common thing, but it's really hard to do math at the end of a marathon, really difficult. And even if you do the math correctly, you're not going to, you can't really trust yourself. So I'm in the upper twenties and I was starting to fade, but I had a little bit of cushion and I'm doing the math of what I got to do. And I, I think I'm on and whatnot. And I got to mile 26 and I realized I had almost two minutes until three hours and just that moment of just like two tenths of a mile two minutes that's a 10 minute mile I've got this like (laughs) this is really really gonna happen and and seeing Kipchoge's face um it just brought me right back to that moment soon after uh I saw the often mentioned uh, mutual running buddy of ours, uh, Todd G, just saying, Todd. yeah, I, Glass City, you know how you have that, you kind of cut right and then cut left to go in the stadium. He was right yep. there in that corner. He's like, you're going to do it, sub three. And I almost wonder why, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, uh, and so I got under and, you know, punched the ticket for Boston and, and, I've done Boston. I've done New York. I've done a lot of races. I've, I've run much faster times than that. And, um, I've won a few races, but nothing really can kind of compare to that, that moment of knowing I was going to Boston, knowing I was breaking three, just like this big goal I had and, and seeing Kipchoge just brought me right into that moment. And yeah, I thought it'd be fun to share on the podcast. Yeah, well, you know what's funny is that, uh, well, number one, we both chose qualifiers for Boston rather than Boston or any other goal race. Yeah, but it's always, it's always the chase, not the uh, not the reward. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, as but, I you say, know, Steve, life is a, it's all about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> yeah, 
and very true. But so you were at mile 26. I was, I mean, I was very late in the race and as you know, marathons, I mean, things can go wrong so badly, so late yeah. that just cost you everything. And you brought up Kipchoge's first attempt earlier. Where what did he fail by? Twenty five seconds, you said. Yeah, he ran a two hour twenty five. So I guess he he failed by twenty six seconds technically. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. So to anybody that hears that thinks it's very close, but in reality, like when you watch that, he was off pace like miles before that. Like you knew mm-hmm. that he was already fading. You know, he hung on to stay that close, but even twenty five seconds at that point, it's just it's funny how. I mean, he had a lot, his dream of a two hour marathon was going way before, you know, he got to like mile 25. I mean, it, it had gone pretty much like he knew he wasn't going to catch up. And I guess that's sort of the fun of the marathon is things can go so bad, so fast. And when it doesn't happen and you know, you've got it, it's just the most amazing feeling. It is. It really is. And that's that drug we keep chasing. Uh, at least I do. I mean, I run for a lot of reasons. And one of these times we'll talk about motivation for running, but um, I run to race. I know there's a lot of people out there to run, to stay fit, to um, uh, it's, it's part of what they just mentally, it makes them feel better. I run to race and 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 you run to drink. Oh yeah. I also run for beer. We we all heard our first episode. What was that? Was that our first episode? The drinking episode? Uh, it was part of the three pack. We, right, we yeah, those right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. If you're new to us, go back and listen to the drinking episode. That's, that's probably got, a, I got a lot of buzz, but neither here nor there. Huh. Man, we've got all these unintentional puns this episode. May I, may I ask, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I have got, you know, it's starting to chill, get a little chilly here. It's, uh, we're well into fall and it actually was warm today, but it's cool nights. And, uh, I prefer a darker beer when it's, uh, getting a little chilly. So I've got a Guinness in a glass here next to me that I'm sipping on during this episode. That's fun. What are you putting down? I have to give a shout out to Founders Michigan Beer. Uh, they come out with occasional special beers that are uh, um, aged in bourbon barrels. You got the KBS? No, I don't, actually. This is called Underground Mountain. It's a brown ale, and uh, it's just got the greatest chocolatey flavor. It's a gr- it is, it's a, I, I wouldn't call it a dark beer. It's a warm beer, but aged yeah. like it is, it's, it's just delightfully high in alcohol. <laughs> yeah, mine's mine's still in Utah, so it's uh still got that three two rule. But uh, yeah, you win this round, uh, Steve. Yeah. You, round. <laughs> I, you know, and I did do a twenty miler today this morning, so I I just indulge after that. Like the rest of the day is mine to undo all that progress I made on a twenty miler. So, As you should, and let's remind all our listeners: anytime you run twenty miles, uh, it doesn't matter what time you open that first or second beer. No, not at all. Don't be ashamed. And we actually, Steve, we actually, um, one of the things on this this platform we use, Anchor, it can show us where our listeners come from. Like it shows by state and then it actually breaks down by city. We have a quite a few listeners in Provo, Utah, which is where BYU University is. Mm-hmm. And one of the highest concentrations of the Church of Latter-day Saints in the entire country. So, um I'm willing to tell those people if you run 20 miles in that day, 
that whole no alcohol rule that goes out the window too right would you agree with that steve i mean it's fine with me yeah yeah <laughs> so you've got the running buds approval so <laughs> i don't know how good that'll, that'll I, don't, I don't know how latter day we are but yeah for what it's worth i mean come on 20 miles come on indulge treat yourself okay steve this has been fun but i think it's time to wrap this one up what do you think i think so i think i'm gonna go out and try a two-hour marathon in your dreams dreams. uh... yeah (laughs) yeah i uh i've got a song for us uh i cannot believe it's been this long since we've used this artist but far and away hands down my all-time favorite artist all time across any type of art but he happens to be a musician uh is tom petty uh, oh. tom petty and heartbreakers i did not know and, uh, good i had no idea you didn't know that about me but anyway well, I, he, uh, I didn't know who the song tonight was gonna be uh we are sandwiched right between the date of his death which is october 2nd and his birthday october 20th so i figured it was a perfect time uh for us to do a tom petty song and I think I've got one that really uh, uh, fits Ilya Kipchoge's effort, his discipline, his mental resolve, uh, just the huge brass you-know-whats it, it takes to um, run two hours and 25 seconds and then two years r- later run one hour, 59, 40 seconds when he already had the world record. He already has millions of dollars from this sport but to go out and um, make the history he did uh, took a Herculean amount of mental and physical strength, which I think all runners should be inspired by. So we're going to close this one with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Actually, this is a Tom Petty solo song. uh, I won't back down off of the outstanding album full moon favor. Uh, You can catch this song and all of our songs, if you can't hear it in the episode, on our Spotify playlist. Just look for Running Buds episode music and Spotify, and you can find it there. Uh, All of our platforms also have a link to that playlist, so you can hear all of our episode music. And uh, I highly recommend you give this one a listen and really uh, let it sink in just uh, how awesome it is that this man ran 26.2 miles and one hour, 59 minutes, 40.2 seconds. Yeah. So until next time, Steve, you don't back down either. Okay, buddy. Absolutely not. Twitter, Gmail, hit us up. We want to hear from you, Charlie. Enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure until next time. Bye. Running buds.